Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We have brought back a friend of the show, Kirby Lund, and we are going to be talking uh, in our, our next few segments here, talking a little bit about assignments and, and what those look like and what we're trying to get from them. Yeah, Kirby has uh, uh, has been talking with me and, and others over the last few weeks about you know the length of the assignment. He just said that over the weekend he's been correcting a huge number of assignments uh, for his classes. And in my head, it's well, let's dive into assignments. Let's see why do we do assignments in colleges? Is it is it because we like to torture our faculty and students, or is that a, or is there another re- Kirby, thank you for that. You're look. welcome. <laughs> or is that is there an educational pedagogical uh, rationale? Uh, so I thought we'd ask the question: Why assignments? And the three of us would would di- would dive into it. And what is an assignment? And what do we use it for? The various types, the length, the cadence, the format. Kirby, have the floor, please. Okay. Sa- save us from Zahi. Okay. Well, uh, why do we do assignments? The whole point for me is practice. Oftentimes we hear this thrown around in education and and higher education. You're practicing in the classroom for the real world, which the classroom is still technically the real world. But the things that we're trying to get students to do are practice concepts that maybe they haven't looked at before. They're practicing concepts that are going to be beneficial to them later down the road once they get outside the walls of the classroom. So how do you communicate with a boss? How do you communicate with a client? Um, we're, we're couching assignments in terms of real-world scenarios that students are going to run into. And even if it feels like, okay, faculty bear bear the brunt of all of the grading and correction and comment work. The whole point of our assignments is that faculty get to check in with students and with their practice and provide some kind of redirection for their practice and say, this is the thing that you're doing well here. This is the thing that you're doing not so well, but here's how you could make it better. Chris, how does it how does it fit with your college years when you're asked to write very long essays and then you join the workforce in broadcast journalism and it couldn't be any more diametrically opposed? Yeah, obviously, you know, the world of broadcast is very different where, uh, you know, in college, generally your your assignment is based on length in some way, whether it's number of pages or number of words or what have you. Uh, whereas in the broadcast world, uh, you have a very limited amount of time to be able to tell a story. And I may have gone to a meeting that lasted three hours and I had to sum that meeting up in a coherent way that took 30 to 45 seconds at the most and make sure people understood everything that came out of that meeting of importance. So, you know, there there is definitely a skill in that, in being able to take a large amount of information, sort that out, and put that together in a way that makes sense to people. But 
you know, I think really to have that and do it well, you still need to know and understand how to write for length, too. Um, you know, it's two absolutely different styles of writing. Uh, but, you know, the reality is 30 seconds, you're talking about four sentences. There's not a lot that you're going to be able to say in four sentences. You're not giving a lot of depth on a subject at that point. Uh, so there, there is some context that gets lost in something like that. Even comparing that to uh, a newspaper article of the same thing, the newspaper, because of the format that it is, has the opportunity to give more details about something. Um, one of the things that I think is really important, too, with, with assignments is getting that critical thinking aspect in there um, and, and knowing how to put together a good, strong essay, for example, that you're able to make your points, um, you're able to not necessarily fill it with a bunch of fluff, but everything that you have in there gets you to ultimately where you need to go and what you're writing is supporting what you're trying to say. And there's some skill in that. And uh, that takes a long time for people to master. So Kirby, the you talked the other day about uh, the rhetorical elements that you teach students and the research that they do. How does that fit in, in the context of what Chris said? I, I think it fits very closely to what we talked about in in the previous segment that I was on, where it deals with rhetorical situation. If we're asking students to write a 6,000-word research paper, of course, there's going to be a different audience for that, and that audience is probably going to be other academics. So with me teaching at a community college transfer school, I'm asking students to write those 6,000 page or 6,000 page, 6,000 word essays. I don't want to grade 6,000 pages, 6,000 word essays. And I'm asking them to approach it like you were going to write to other academics. And that means getting into the weeds of things. We're going to go into the, the more nuanced areas of an argument. We're going to look at different sources and how different sources present information. Um, if we're talking about a newscast, of course, that's, that's going to be an entirely different audience. With, with Chris being in journalism, we just talked about, okay, you get 30 seconds for your time slot and at 30 seconds, you're done and you're cut off. If your message isn't done yet, that's a failing on your part, not, not anybody else's. So what we're dealing with is different audiences, different purposes, and how do we boil down a 6,000-word essay into 600 words or maybe even 60 words if we have a 10-second slot on a radio show? So along those lines, I want to hear your folks' perspective on the frequency of assignments. Do you do one assignment for an entire term and people work on various iterations of it? Or would you give them a new assignment every so often? I wanna hear both of your perspectives. 
because in the world of sciences, we use a different approach altogether. So Zahi, I'll start because uh, I also teach a class, but it's it's a little bit different um, in, in the sense that the focus of what we're doing, this class is called student publications, but really the focus is on short form video. And they do have a weekly assignment in there. The expectation is they are putting something together every week that is you know, 10 to 60 seconds long, generally, and, and trying to tell a fun story in that. So a big part of that is that repetition and doing that. And part of it, too, is, in this case, the importance of understanding deadlines. And from my perspective, I think it really speaks to whether that assignment is formative or summative. If we're talking about formative assignments, we're definitely in the realm of practice. This is something that we're going to try out from our readings. Um, I want you to write as much as you can, as quickly as you can in five minutes. Here's the question I want you to answer in those five minutes. If we're doing formative assessments, we're probably going to treat those more like daily assignments or weekly assignments. If we're doing a summative assignment, that feels more like that 6,000 word essay where we do a first draft, we look at it and say, all right, here are the things that you've done well, here are the things that still need work. Now you go and take some time to revise. Then you bring back a second draft after revision. Now what does it look like? And are there still areas that need improvement? You take it back, you make more revisions, and then we come to a final draft where we proofread, we edit, and this is one of the bigger grades in the class because this is an assignment that is built over several weeks. If I were to ask a student to write a 6,000-word essay by tomorrow, I think that would be unrealistic. But at the same time, would it get to the depth of thought? Would the student be able to practice as much critical thinking as they would if that summative assignment were spread out over several weeks. So let me ask you both your opinion. Uh, Chris, you wanted to say something, I guess. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say we're about out of time for this episode, and I know we're going to be talking more about different types of assignments here in our second episode. So do you want to save your question until then, or do you want to uh, tackle it now? Folks, if you're watching, you see who has the shepherd's hook and pulls me off stage. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you enjoy content like this, of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure and like this video, subscribe. Uh, that also helps get it to other like-minded people. Uh, so, uh, for Kirby Lund and Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.